Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net, and welcome to another episode of the HTDC podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by the wonderful Ed Foychuk. Hey, doing, Ed? I'm doing fantastic. That's awesome to hear, man. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to be talking about overcoming laziness and meeting your deadlines. So uh, we're yep. we're both known for being ex- exceedingly lazy. Is that what it is? Is that why I'm here? <laughs> Well, I'm bad at meeting my own deadlines. I'm great at meeting other people's deadlines, but my own deadlines, I uh, have a lot of trouble actually <laughs> completing my that's, work on time. That's really interesting, man. Um, we've kind of touched on this before, I think, in a few different podcasts about you setting your own deadlines. And, and uh, you know, I'm the same way. We all are and stuff again. And so what do you think is the major difference between somebody else's deadline and yours, you know, and, and listen, when we talk about somebody else's, we're not just talking about Marvel and DC, like a, some major opportunity from a studio or something like that. I, I mean, even, even like uh, commissions and stuff like that, you know, like just more casual stuff. I bet you, you take them more seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, the funny thing is, I think it's a different headspace. I think that's the, the dis- distinction between the two for me. So when I'm doing it for a client, I'm kind of just thinking about getting the job done for them and I'm not as in this perfectionist mindset as I would be with myself because I've got these incredibly high standards for the things that I want to produce. Not to say that I don't just I don't put just as much work into the work that I do do for clients. But uh, for me I find that when I'm just doing it for myself I'm always second guessing the uh, the content right. that I'm producing and I have the luxury of redoing it and recapping on it if I want to so I can spend ages just tweaking and, and revising the stuff that I'm putting out. And Yeah, I have yeah. a feeling, I was going to say, I have a feeling if I was to put two of your pieces side by side, like, you know, one for yourself and one for a client, the, the actual difference as a viewer um, wouldn't be that much, whereas in the client piece maybe took you 10 hours and your own piece took you 20 hours spread over 20 months or something. <laughs> you know what I mean, like yeah. that, that second guessing, I think doesn't always or often or always, I don't know, achieve the, the result you were hoping for. Yeah, not at all. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite. I find when I'm doing work for clients, I usually do better work because I'm not overthinking it. You know, I'm yep. in that creative space. I'm in the zone. I'm fully engaged and I've got that momentum behind me. But when I'm doing it for myself, it, because it takes so long, I end up losing interest in it, and sometimes I even yeah. I tap out before it's done. Sure, sure. So, yeah, that makes sense. What about yeah, yourself, absolutely. Ed? Um, I'm trying to think if there's a big difference between the, the client work that I do and my own. You know, I'm usually pretty good with setting myself uh, with deadlines for myself. Do you know what I mean? Like just saying, okay, this is this is where I'm, I'm aiming to have this piece done by and stuff. But now that you mention it about losing passion when you're in the middle of a piece or something like that. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of works in progress that I've just abandoned. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I started it and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. and Or I'm kind of whatever. And when it comes to a client's work, you can't. Like I, I, you don't abandon a piece. You know, you, you, you push through, you find the solution, you do whatever it takes because somebody's relying on you. When you're doing just a you know, whether it's a fan art piece or just something for yourself or whatever and stuff, it's easy to just kind of like ah, <laughs> throw up your hands a little bit, like oh, I'll get back to it or, or yeah, okay, whatever. And 
you don't, you know, or it's, or, you know, even if you do try to revisit it later, like there's been a few times I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get back to that. Two months later, I'm looking at that uh, file and I'm like, no, still fucking hate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, I don't even want to touch it. I hate it more now, two months later. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so I think for me, it's not the deadlines per se, because like I said, if I set myself a deadline, I'm like, okay, listen, this is my goal. This is what I want to get done. I'm pretty good with it. But if it's just the farting around aspect of it, I'm notorious for starting a lot of things that, you know, a lot of whips and stuff, sorry, works in progress um, that just, I never bring to anything close to final or something. Yeah, totally. Being your own boss is really hard. And um, I don't know. I don't know how to necessarily, I know that you can keep yourself accountable to other people and that's how you can kind of keep on top of things. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, you always know that you're, you're still the boss. Sure. So, sure. Um, I, you know what? I remember um, talking with you, I think it was about six months back, maybe yeah. even more now. And you had plotted out a pretty intense schedule for yourself. And when I say intense, I don't mean like uh, necessarily working intense, like you weren't being chained to the desk or anything, right? But your scheduling was was quite rigid. You, were, I remember you working on, I think it was... Uh, the heroines course or i can't remember what course yeah and you would plot it out like okay by this week i'm gonna have this unit done by that week i'm gonna have that and not just week by week you had it plotted like each day you're like okay well this day i'm gonna do this um you know and then to give myself a break for two hours i'm doing this like you had it was pretty regimented and stuff are you did it how did it work out for you did do you think it worked do you think Mm -hmm. you got a course done so it worked in that way right yeah, it did. It uh, it did help me to to keep on top of it. That's for sure. And I remember actually talking about that with you the the way in which I kind of worked back to front. So when things got done, I would kind of highlight them in green. And just doing yep. that each day would make me feel good, like I was making progress. Yep, yep. And that was really cool. Um, I don't know if that that I certainly haven't scheduled anything out to that extent again for a while yeah like you know if it worked then you'd be doing it again so why aren't you Mm. i think that um i just don't work very well with schedules i think it's a a massive miscalculation on my part because i'm very an overestimator of what i can actually do and uh (laughs) and lately my my goals have become a little bit more realistic and i don't know why that is but i was talking to uh, my lovely lady the other day and I was telling her how long it was going to take me to complete a piece that I'm working on at the moment. And she's like, oh, I think you'll have it done before then. D- don't tell me you're making realistic goals for yourself now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? but, um, uh, do you think, are you getting faster? Um, I'm, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, it, so when I want to be. I saw a mock cover that you were doing. Um, I was privy. I don't. Nobody else knows this. I don't know. Oh, okay. But, uh, I saw this uh, cover you had done up in traditional work, I believe. It was pencils, and I'm not going to say who it was, but it was like two figures on the cover, two or three figures on the cover, and stuff like that. And it was a commission work and stuff. Does this ring any bells for you so far? Uh, yeah, it does. Um, okay. It's traditional work, right? That. That wasn't my work, though. That was another artist working on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it looked like yours. It had a whole 90s vibe to it. Yep. Yeah, Rob's uh, certainly... Yeah, right. 
he, okay, he's finding rock. artists that are kind of you know similar to to my style i think because he really likes it but um oh okay i misunderstood yeah i thought it was yours okay yeah no he he, he would like me to color it though so i uh i might oh, end good. up doing that yeah okay uh, hey which which stage of the process do you think you're faster in i think that it's it's the middle game right so at the start when you're first sketching it up and you're laying in the foundations of the drawing that's very taxing mentally but it's pretty fast in reality and then yep. when you're going over the top of it with the inks and rendering it out putting in the the little itty bitty details that's when i start taking my time okay, okay. yeah uh with digital painting though I'm, I'm much faster so when i'm just and and coloring in general um i'm a lot faster it's the line work it's the line work that's yeah. slowly... Well, because you've got the, the 90s rendering and stuff, man. Like, you hatch upon hatching, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it, it takes you a while to do that. My line work is, is fast and furious because it's, like, it's one step beyond a sketch, pretty much. You know, I just kind of, like, hold my hand steadier and stuff and then do almost, like, a a thin-lined animation look for most of my work and stuff, right? So, yeah, you've got for me, good... it seems... It's fast. You've got a good process down for sure, man. Like... yeah. Usually I'm pretty quick. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's that the modern day style as well that a lot of people find appealing. So that's a plus. Yeah, but you know what? I think we always want to challenge ourselves, you know. So when I all of a sudden I see somebody doing some digital paints, I'm like, you know what? It's been a long time since I painted something. I want to get into paints. And then I'll see somebody doing some watercolors and I'm like, oh, geez, okay. Got to go get myself a watercolor set now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of, like, I get inspired by seeing all these things and stuff. And so I, I bounce around a lot. But my default, we all have our defaults, right? Your default is the 90s hatch. My default is the thin line animation look or something, right? Yeah, big time. And I've been trying to, to come up with a way where I can simplify my style or maybe simplify the process that I'm going through in order to complete an illustration without losing the quality, the visual quality that I like to have in my work. And that's always yeah. a constant evolution, for sure. It's fun. You know, I enjoy figuring out where I can cut the fat away from my process, so to speak. And, sure. But I, I still think, even with that said, a lot of the time, that's not necessarily the, necessarily the problem. The, the problem is just sitting down and, and doing it and, and getting it out in one hit. Like, for me... If I can spend a day on a piece and get it done all in that day, or maybe two max, that's when yep. I'm most engaged, I've got the most momentum behind me, and I find that I don't lose interest because I'm I'm tackling it there and then, whereas if I leave it, if I stretch it out for weeks on end, that's when I get seriously bored of what I'm working on. Yep. I think for me it's, and this will sound like so simple, but this is kind of what we tell everybody in the group too is like, it's just the picking up of the pencil. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, like I'm looking at myself today and I thought, okay, well, you know, I wake up at 8 o'clock, bring the kid to school, whatever it is and stuff, right? And then uh, we're recording this podcast now. It's 3 o'clock here. So between 8 and 3, geez, seemed like I had a lot of hours to get stuff done, right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, that's a, that's a whole bunch of hours. I, I'm, I'm game. I'm good. You know, I, had, I, I got a few commissions on my table. I've got... Uh, some courses I've started into and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I got a bunch of stuff I got to do, right? I'm in. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I had to, a trip to Walmart kind of sidetracked me. And yeah. then, uh, you know, like there was just these things that were popping up. And I think 
I got like, I, I did a couple drawovers for a couple students and stuff that really only took me five minutes each or less, you know, like it was like a total drawing time of seven minutes today. Yeah. So out of the seven hours I had available, I think I really only used seven minutes for drawing. And it, you know, it's kind of frustrating because like, I know if I just sit down and plug into it, all of a sudden you just disappear into the work. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're yeah. in it and then you, you take a breath and you're like, Oh, that was five hours later. Right. You know, like, but it's the sitting down, it's the picking up the pencil, it's the, it's the setting Facebook aside. It's, you know, it's all that stuff and really just starting into it. And that's, and so that's my big thing is like, I'm, I'm not distracted by life, but life has a way of filling itself really easily and stuff you know like uh there's always going to be something to do uh, somebody to have lunch with or you know some somewhere to go some errand to run or something like that right and i think i've got to prioritize my my sit my butt down and and picking up that pencil yeah it's a good skill to have and that is the hardest part just starting it like sitting down and starting it because once you do that it's kind of smooth sailing you know it is yeah you do disappear into it and the hours just seem to drop away um, yep. beforehand. It's so easy to just procrastinate and to find things to do that distract you from the task that you're supposed to be doing. Oh, totally. Like, and it's not even like, obviously these things need to get done. You know, you gotta, you gotta go to Walmart, you gotta do the laundry, you gotta do these t- types of things, but somehow it's, 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 you know, I think I got to bunch them or whatever and like, okay, because, you know, working from home is different than working in a studio and stuff, right? You've, it's so easy to like, you're sitting at your tablet and you're like, oh, well, there's the, you know, there's the buzzer for the laundry. I got to get up. And like, it's kind of cool in that way that you can multitask in many ways, but like, it's also like, okay, went and picked up laundry oh well what are these cinnamon buns sitting here for i gotta deal with those right and yeah like well might as well have a snack but if i'm gonna sit down and have a snack let's turn on disney plus because i just subscribed to this thing right you know like and all of a sudden disney plus sucks me in for a while and stuff and it's like two hours later i'm like damn i didn't get back to work you know and so um i think for me now it's going to be a matter of uh putting all those errands either at the the beginning of the day or at the end of the day or, or slotting them in and stuff and like really slotting in hours. Like, and that's what it takes for me to draw is like the first five to 10 minutes. I'm like, Oh, I'm just kind of warming up sketching and stuff like that. But once I get into it, it's, it's the hours that make it really productive for me. Yeah, totally. Totally, man. So, um, when, what are you working on at the moment? Edit, you said you've got a few commissions. Oh, geez. Yeah, I got tons of stuff, actually. It's pretty cool. Um, More than a few, I bet. Uh, you know what? I, I don't even advertise commissions. I haven't done them in a long time. I kind of been putting them off, and when people approach me on them, I'm like, yeah, I kind of refer them to my buddies or something like that. Um, but a couple of uh, friends have, have approached me for some things, and one was uh, I'm doing up like a kind of a mascot logo thing for a weightlifting uh, brand. So like belts and straps and that kind of stuff, right? So doing up the mascot for that. Uh, another one approached me with something interesting. Um, <clears throat> doing like the artist did the roughs and they want me to finish basically. Like I've done finishing work on pieces before. So finishing pencils or finishing lines, let's call it that, plus colors and stuff, right? So I enjoy that. And it gets the that other artist the pride of looking at and saying, 
oh, wow, that's what I started. And maybe someday I can hopefully finish it in that style or that level, or I don't want to say level, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like they, yeah. it kind of is like, oh, they're, they're already a couple steps on that path. And I think that's why uh, my buddy approached me on it. He's like, man, I want to see what you can do with my work. Right. And so that's kind of cool. And then I've got a bunch of courses. I'm uh, me and my daughter have already started recording uh, how to draw for kids. And mm. this is tough, though, because uh, I got to coordinate like, you know, we're talking about mustering our own energy levels, mustering our own focus and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of awesome. Right. It's, it has its difficulties. But at least when you got yourself, you got yourself. Right. But now I got to have a little mini me, my little partner sitting on my side, and she's got to be in the game. Do you know what I mean? Like she's got to be available. She's got to be having fun with it. She's got to be in the right headspace and stuff and ready to draw, right? Yeah. So I'm finding that the actual organization and coordination of something like that is is more than I expected. Like I thought, okay, we're just going to sit down and bang it out and stuff like that. But no. Uh, with two people at play, just like these podcasts, actually, now I think about it, between me, you, and Rick, and everybody else, trying to coordinate matching somebody else, you know, matching time schedules and and topic levels and energy and all that kind of stuff, it's tough to coordinate, right? Oh, yeah, it is, it is 100%, man. Yeah, look, Rick was supposed to be here, and we're missing him. I don't know where he is. I think he went to bed. I have a feeling he, he's gone to bed, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. And Good for him. Maybe he thought it was tomorrow. But, um, you know what? I did that too. I actually, that's what mucked me up. I, I kind of thought it was tomorrow and stuff like that. Um, even though you were really good of explaining the time zones and stuff like that. It just, you know, you get a certain thought in your head and get stuck on it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so I'm working on that kid's course. I'm also working on a massive course that's really intimidating me is how to make a comic. Right. And yeah. as I'm making this course, I'm actually making a comic. So it's, it's, it's me producing a comic and recording my process along the way. And so that one's really scaring the snot out of me. It's just because it's so big. There's so many things involved in it and stuff like that. I'm just like, I don't know. You ever run into a project that was just so big, you don't, like, you know where to start, but you're scared to start or something? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. It's almost every project for me. Somehow it grows <laughs> and it becomes this monster of a thing that... Uh... Because you hatch it. That's why. It's your hatching that makes the monsters. (laughs) Yeah, it is. If uh, we were better at keeping things simple, we'd probably be a lot more successful. But, you know, I said, we're we're artists. We're not businessmen. Well, you're a better businessman than me. But but still, uh, I'm not a very good businessman, clearly. But because I'm creative, I'm always... um, I'm always... Try. I'm always putting that first. So it's very difficult for me to to let it go out there into the world if it's not just the way it needs to be. And yeah, we're very we're our worst critics, of course, as well. On top of that, but you know, speaking of like um, simplifying stuff, and mm. I'm starting to have a lot of respect for a lot of those simplified comic books and stuff like that. Even like you know, there's some people criticizing the new animation looks that they're so simplified, but. I get it. You know what I mean? Like when I look at what, uh, you know, Garfield books and stuff like that, like basically Garfield, uh, probably 50% of the, the scenes, he's either traced or copy paste or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking, imagine doing a book like that where basically there's no backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple cute character concepts and designs 
and you copy paste them, changing their eye position or expression, and and that's how you roll. Like imagine drawing that book. That like drawing writing it would be tough. Like writing it would be pretty tough, right? But going through pages of and pages of that would be relatively easy, you know. And I, so I respect the simplification of it. Yeah, totally. Uh, Garfield's almost like Seinfeld in that way, where it's just conversations happening, you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're right. Yeah, respect to them to be able but to I, create a comic strip like that. Did you ever read a comic called uh, Gru? No, I haven't. G R O O. It's basically like Conan, but mm, made goofy and stuff. Like there's this dumb warrior, and he goes around killing people, but almost by accident. He's the accidental warrior type of thing, right? But the uh, the drawing style is mm, somewhat simplified. It's just, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm looking at the way you do pieces and stuff I like get in the 90s. It's just such an extreme rendering and stuff that it almost reminds me of like, <clears throat> and you know in the group sometimes we'll see somebody come with a pencil rendering and it's mm. shaded beautifully and it's it's kind of like what they did in uh, grade 12 arts art class or something like that just beautifully rendered pencil and stuff right but you you think well how would you ever produce a book like that the the amount of time and stuff right so there's got to be a compromise between the massive rendering the massive detailing versus you know getting the book out and stuff right yes i do think if you can you know giving yourself a, a an amount of time to be able to do it in and i don't necessarily think that that's the same as a schedule i would say uh it'll be more like telling yourself you know what you want to do this you got to get it done in three days that's the max sure. like if you don't get it done sure. within those three days you know you got to leave it as is whatever it's whatever it is at that point yeah and that yeah. is the kind of mind frame that i've started getting into i actually wrote up a a little bit of a document the other day for my courses, right? Because I'm sick of them taking so long, to be honest. Yep. And it was I titled it the the compact the compact course creation workflow, and uh, the idea is to try and get them done in a day or lessons done in a day. And if yeah, they, like if they're full courses, as much of that course done as possible, just going back to back, recording as much as possible, and editing it if it needs to be edited. And then getting it out, you know, the next day on Skillshare or Udemy or whatever. Interesting. And I figured that that would keep my interest intact. It would keep the momentum going and hopefully stave off any second guessing because it'll be all done there and then. So I wouldn't really have the time to to go back and and reanalyze it. Right, right. I got to say, though, like a full course, I could see like getting a few units done in a day. But Mm. man, a full course would be obviously tough, like... You know, yeah. even just recording the raws all in one day and everything, like, I don't know. It, it, I, I respect it. I think it would be awesome. It's just tough. It sounds like something I, I did before, actually. <laughs> I'm going to try and have a crack at it for sure because, uh, you know, inside my mind it sounds simple. Like, if I'm doing a, a real-time demonstration of a few, you know, how-to-draw-eye examples, yep. how long can that take? I mean, surely it wouldn't take more than an hour or a half, half an hour to, to whip up. Oh, totally. Yeah. And uh, if I think about all the facial features, well, that's, you know, five hours, draw a few head views, and, you know, that's about eight hours of work, right? I guess recording and drawing for those eight hours would be quite taxing, but it seems doable in our head, but then eventually it just, it it grows, as I said, and 
becomes much more of a bigger deal than we initially thought it would be. Sure, it does. I think one difference between how me and you record, though, is like uh, you do the audio separate. And so for me, yeah. eight hours of, I talk a lot, right? Like, and I'm used mm. to talking. But <laughs> eight hours straight of like, uh, you know, teaching, that mm. that's it can wear on you and stuff right oh absolutely and uh yeah. you know i've started doing that real time uh rec recording my voice as i draw oh, have you? Well, yeah that's good. yeah with this what with you, this what latest sorry what do you think of it um i like it i like it i, I find that i've got to be a little bit looser though with my drawings and mm -hmm. um at the this moment in time i'm kind of thinking about all right I'm trying to get it, the dialogue and what I'm presenting done in one take without having to go back and edit it. But then yep. I'm thinking maybe I should just allow myself to make mistakes, give myself the opportunity to go back and edit it after it's been recorded if needed, and that might kind of take the pressure off a little bit and help me relax, which is always a good thing when you're trying to teach a class. Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, I think one thing that... Uh... Like, it's funny because when we're producing these courses and everything, we want to put out a, a nice finished product that uh, obviously students can sit down, enjoy, learn from, uh, and feel they're getting a value out of whatever they're paying for it, right? Absolutely. But on the flip side of that, I think it's also, there's a way to make mistakes and show students that everybody makes mistakes without looking unprofessional. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. including the occasional blunder including the occasional met, misstep, I think actually adds to the service. It, it sounds funny that way. And I'm, I'm sure some people will be like, oh, you know, like this, why did I pay for this type of thing? But I think most people would be like, yeah, you know what? He made a mistake too. And like, if I'm watching Jim Lee sketching, he's like, oh, oh, I dropped some ink on that. Well, how am I going to deal with it? Right. You know, like that's, we all muck up. Right. And so seeing how, a professional mucks mucks up and then recovers from it i think also adds to our our, our courses and stuff right so just keep it in mind that I, I don't like i i know we want to be finished and polished and this is whether it's artwork whether it's courses we're kind of overlapping all these things here and stuff right yeah but seeing some of the slight imperfections seeing some of the process and stuff like that i think a lot of people uh enjoy it and take uh take away a lot from it yeah, especially when you're explaining what the mistake is, why it yep. happened, and then how you're fixing it. That is super valuable. And yep. Um, yep. I mean more just, you know, I get a bit tongue-tied sometimes when I'm... Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little bit here and there. It, it, it really does depend if I'm trying to, to fill in the gaps with dialogue. And I've been realizing as well, this is the other big realization I had, Ed, listening to mm. other people's courses was that you don't have to fill every second with dialogue. And in fact, that can be really distracting when it can be the student is watching the demonstration, like those gaps really, but between what you're talking about really help to draw you in visually to what's happening on the screen. Yep. So uh, that's the other thing that I'm learning. And I love that even though I've been doing this for the past, you know, how to draw comics is six years old now. It's crazy. Well, that's cool, man. And, um, even though I've been doing it for that long, it's it's cool to be still discovering things about how I go about creating the content for the site and the courses that, that we put out. 
Speaking of uh, six years old, I'm now looking at the Facebook group, and we're at 49,422. Yeah, we are. So, you know, just over 500 more members till we hit 50,000. That's pretty pretty cool. I'm thinking we can get there by the end of the year, too. Oh, no, I think we'll get there by the end of the month. We usually add, like, 100 or so a week or a couple hundred a week or something like that. So it'll be close. I think it'll be close. My, my I'm, I'm pushing for before december that's my push i'll start to recruiting how's that start yeah just pulling random people <laughs> sounds good sounds good <laughs> with no interest in drawing yeah uh yeah okay so we were talking about being lazy yeah about deadlines right yeah we are i was i was actually going to ask you before when you're talking oh. about your commissions ed because i thought this yep. would be a uh, an interesting point to bring up so when you're when you are working on other people's commissions as opposed to your own stuff, do you find it difficult to work on other people's ideas, or are you? Because <laughs> because for me, man, uh, I take on very little commissions. Like the only commissions I really take on is if is is commissions if I'm a fan of the the character that I'm drawing. Or the yep. the job is going to be fun, you know. Maybe there's interesting characters or something. But other than that, which is very rare to come across, uh, yep. I really don't like taking on commissions. Can I guess why? Yeah, go ahead. Is it, and you know, is it basically dealing dealing with a client? Do you know what I mean? Dealing with their sometimes. Uh, at least this is where it comes in, where everybody else kind of talks about it. Is like mm. the client's like, "Hey, I got an idea. It's it's." It's a guy, yeah, and it, he, he, he's kind of he's got a power, and like yeah. Usually, the client comes with such a vague description, and in their mind, I'm sure that they've fleshed it out more. But whatever they're putting forward is so vague and so difficult, um, and just as you start sketching for them, you start sending stuff back. No, 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 no. Sorry, it's not a guy. It's 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 a guy like thing. You yeah. know, like, and it starts to morph as you're sending. And so I, I remember reading this uh, this art meme a little, actually just last week, and it was like uh, commission prices, right? And it was something like, um, what was it? The price went up the more the client was involved. Like, for example, it was like, you want me to design your character, draw it, color it, everything? 100 bucks. You want me to draw it, but you design it? 200 bucks. You want, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. every time the client's involvement was more involved, that was the difficulty. It wasn't the artwork or anything like that necessarily. It was the communication and yeah. squeezing all the stuff out of the client. So is that part of your beef? Um, you know what? I have come across that before, what you're talking about with the, the vagity of it all. But um not so much. I, I kind of think that comes with the territory, to be honest, and I kind of work with the client there. It annoys me when changes need to be made as a result, and usually when it's a vague idea on the client's behalf, it requires yeah. a lot of changes. Yeah. But for me, it's just that, you know, I've got my own characters and my own stories to tell. So unless True. the client's coming with to me with something which is more interesting than my own ideas or going to be more fun, or maybe I just need a break from what I'm doing, uh, yep. then I'm probably not going to take it on. So what about yourself, Ed? Can, do, you, do you relate with that? When it comes to commissions? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, <laughs> uh, it's funny that you said that about ideas because there's this 
thing going around that it seems like a lot of writers don't think artists have ideas or don't write. You know, almost everybody that I know that draws also creates. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. now, whether they've created entire stories or or worlds or whatever it is, or who knows, right? Like each person's different, right? But most of the artists that I know have their own pet projects, their own pet passions and stuff like that, right? So, um, yeah, like when somebody, when a client comes to me, um, huh, I'm trying to think of what would turn me off of taking a client and stuff like that. Or, mm. uh, it's communication, you know, like usually yeah. when a client comes to me and says, hey, I got, I got an idea. I'm like, cool. I was like, I explained the process to him. And I'm like, get back to me when you have uh, either reference, like depending on on what the piece is or whatever, I'll often say uh, character description, maybe uh, references, or look through my art page and um, see the style that you want, right? So I'll kind of give the client a little bit of homework, right, to see if they're really serious and everything. And mm, I would say most of the time they don't get back to me. Or they do a couple months later and they'll be like, yeah, I'm still kind of thinking on it or whatever and stuff like that. Mm. The ones that are really interested in getting done will get back to me within days or even that same day and said, hey, I looked through your page. This piece is exactly the style that I want. Hey, uh, I want my uh, my girl to look like Scarlett Joe or whatever and stuff like that, but with a big nose. And yeah. uh, this, you know, and they're really organized and stuff. And so as soon as they show me that they're really into it, that gets me into it. That's right? awesome, so that's you, usually then I'm like, okay, I'm in. And then I give a little timeline. Like I'm, I'm pretty good with explaining like, okay, well, listen, um, I'll do off the rough blue, blue line sketch. Once you approve from there, we'll go to pencils. So the blue line sketch is um, basically general concept uh, placement, character placement, posing, that type of stuff, like just uh, the obviously the very, very rough outline, sometimes even uh, stick figures and stuff, right? Um, and once they approve on that, then nothing gets changed from that, right? Then it goes into lines and details. And uh, once we go through the line work and I send it off for approval again, once that's approved, like I don't go back any stages and stuff like that, right? Like if they want to go back to the stage and say, no, 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 I, I want a, a different layout. I want, you know, the character's arms over here or whatever i'll be like okay well that's going to change the money then because i've already gone past that point and stuff right yeah um so usually i'm it's it's communication right and almost right away i can see is this person a good communicator or do we mesh i don't even want to put it on them i'll just say do we mesh do we have the same expectations of each other and stuff yeah and uh that's how i roll on commissions and stuff um i i've done i want to say a thousand commissions maybe i've done Whoa. tons like no, I'm serious. Like, I was doing commissions for like game characters and stuff for like World of Warcraft and City of Heroes and stuff, and I've got like hundreds of characters done. And so I, I kind of learned from that is like communication was key, right? And once, so once I do work on somebody's commission, uh, if I do take it on, I'm usually pretty good because, as you said, it's it's their project, it's their stuff. So I, I work through it. I usually put my stuff aside. Actually, I want to say this: almost all paying stuff takes precedent over non-paying stuff do you yeah, know what I mean? just because that's the job right so paying stuff comes first um 
And so if you're a client and you're paying me, well, you get bumped to the front of the list. You know, like that's usually how it goes. And I'll also talk to them about like expectations for time. I'll be like, okay, ballpark is this will be done in two weeks. If you need it earlier, um, sometimes I'll factor that into the price as well and stuff, right? If they're like, listen, it's for my kid's birthday. I've got to have it by the at the printers by tomorrow. Uh, can you do it tonight? I'm like, yeah, but hey, the price is going to be a 50% bump or something like that because I got to tell my kid I'm not taking them to go play basketball or something. Do you know what I mean? Like I got to sacrifice something on my end. So, you know, I, I need to be, you know, I need to recoup that somehow or whatever, right? Yeah, Make it worth totally, it man. Totally. Yeah. Uh, that's good to know. That's good to know. All right. So getting back to the topic at hand and yep. the tactics. I want to get into the tactics, Ed. Oh, okay. So <laughs> when it comes okay. to, to staving off laziness, what what's yep. your best technique or method of doing that waking up in the morning well that's a good thing it is you know like it it sounds simple and stuff but uh if you don't have how can i explain this if you don't have a work schedule and stuff or a school schedule it's very easy to just keep your butt in bed do you know what i mean or just you know slowly slide out and you know like if if i set the alarm and i'm like okay i'm up by seven i'm out of the door by eight you know i'm drawing by nine whatever it is you know just a simple thing as that is like morning can become very very productive you know, I don't know. It's hard, hard to explain. Like once you get breakfast and a coffee in you or something like that, you kind of feel like, or at least I feel like, yeah, okay, I'm ready to get things done. Or if it's right after the, I go to the gym usually first thing in the morning. So for me, it's right after the gym. I, I'm rare. And I was like, okay, I already accomplished like stuff that most people aren't doing. I got to the gym. So now what's next? You know, I feel like if I start the day off strong, the day will roll strong. If I don't start it off, then it, what happens is what happened today is I dropped the kid off at school. I came home and I was like, you know what? I didn't get a good sleep. I'm going to lay down for a minute, you know, and then everything kind of gets bumped and delayed and stuff like that. Right. So my first tip is get your ass up and get it moving with a schedule. Mm -hmm. Do you got got a tip? Yeah, I do actually. Uh, And it it does kind of build off of what you were saying, but what I've learned about myself is that in the morning, that's when I've got my most energy that's when I'm most switched on. And there's actually some science behind that. In fact, it's the, the different, you know, testosterone levels and hormones that are going through, uh, that goes through, well, men specifically, actually. We have this kind of interesting uh, chart of different levels of chemicals inside our body throughout the day. And cool. usually, you know, I'm not sure if this is the case for, for women, our female listeners out there, so it might not mm. be uh, necessarily relatable for them, but for for us dudes, uh, especially, and, and probably most other people, in the morning, first part of the day is when we are most switched on. Later half of the day, we become a little bit more subdued, and yep. by by the time nighttime comes around, we're we're pretty much very susceptible to distraction so to speak. Sure. So we'll, we'll tend to want to chill out and, you know, play video games or watch movies at that point. And I know that has certainly been uh, the case for me, especially now that I've got, you know, a regular sleeping pattern. I usually turn in at about yeah. 10 PM at night, wake up at about eight in the morning. That sounds like me. Yeah. And you're uh, an old man now. Good for you. Yeah, pretty much. And, and I needed it. You know, I've realized yeah. how important sleep is and, and that kind of thing. So, 
that tends to be what happens for me. I go to the gym after lunch usually, so to, uh, about 11 and, or 12. And I find that after I come back from the gym, I'm pretty, uh, I feel kind of energized, but I also feel quite relaxed as well at that point, if that oh. makes sense. You know, I feel yeah. pumped so up you, and I feel good, but I'm relaxed. You get some work done in the before the gym. Yeah. In the morning. And then maybe late afternoon you do kind of round two type of thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. And the mm-hmm. round two is a little bit harder to get into, and it's definitely yep. a little bit less intense. Yep. But that's what gotcha. I found. And I, I, wanted to, I want to ask you this, Ed. When it comes mm-hmm. to working out first thing in the day, do you come home feeling, you know, tired from the workout at all? You know, especially oh. if you're pushing yourself? occasionally like if i didn't have a good sleep or something like that mm. i would say nine times out of ten i i get i'm done the workout and i'm like bang i'm ready to face the day my my heart's mm. pumping you know i mean cool. like uh i'm i'm really but you know you know if it was a bad sleep and then things dragged and you know we all have our off days and stuff like yeah. that right but i was most of the time the gym sets me sets me right and stuff right mm. uh but you're also hungry afterwards and stuff so Totally. There's the food and there's the, the tendency to eat and then relax and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I wanted to play off of another tip off of we're kind of rolling off of each other here and stuff yeah. like that. And so my other tip would be like know yourself and know your home. Yeah. Because we've all, you know, you were talking about male uh, hormonal cycles and stuff like that. And we've all got these, we've always heard of, you know, early birds and night owls and all this stuff. And I think it's it can become very highly individualized, uh, different people's uh areas or timing of productivity and stuff and energy levels right um and you can train yourself i i I strongly believe you can train yourself to be productive at different times and stuff right but i also think you got to know your home like for example if you've got children in the home or uh you know a a busy home where from whatever 5 p.m till 10 p.m it's game night and uh disney plus or or dinner and you know like the chance of you being able to sit down for a few hours and draw is pretty slim right yeah so um you've either got to tuck it somewhere else in the day like wait until you kiss the kids good night and you say okay you know nine o'clock it's time for bed and then you slip off for that late night hour like i guess what i'm saying is like we're t- both of us are kind of very lucky that we're working full time in art, right? But I would guess that ninety or some some percent of our listeners don't have that, you know, that that luxury, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or burden. I don't know how to say it. No, whichever. Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, so what they are is they're they're wrapping. They're trying to fit art into uh, what is you know the air quotations a normal life, right? And so what that normal life might look like is wake up in the morning, uh, throw cereal on the table for the kids, um, do the work of, let's say, 9 to 5 or whatever-ish, right? Got to drive to work or take the train and stuff, get home, make dinner. Um, you know, everybody's going to have a different household. And so that's what I'm saying is, like, look for the opportunities in your household schedule. And even if it's only an hour a day, that adds up. You know, that's... Mm five to seven hours of the week, you know, 10 weeks later, you're at 70 hours and stuff like that. Right. Like, um, but what happens is instead is like most people will be like, Oh, I never get the chance to draw. 
and you know i put the kids to bed and then i watch whatever show before i go lay down and you know and so yeah they never will get that chance to draw you have to really know not just your energy levels but you know the the scheduling for your household and stuff right yeah that's so true man and um i think you make a very good point about not just you know making sure that you're fitting your drawing into the times of day that that are going to work within your lifestyle but also fitting your drawing into the times of day where you've got mi- a minimal amount of distractions right so again yep. building off of what you're saying and this goes back to to first thing in the morning what i'm focused on is not facebook is not youtube or any of the Good. social media distractions that are out there because yep. uh, I find that if I jump onto my web browser, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like I'm done. Like that's yep. that, I'm doomed for the rest of the day yep. because you know you get it's so easy to get sucked into that, and you know your your brain just is all the energy is sucked out of it by that stuff because you know yep. you, you're getting those dopamine spikes and you those feel good chemicals go through your mind that by the and when you have decided to actually sit down and work, it's like your your brain just can't think anymore. It's it's been all the energy has been sucked out of it by that that stuff that's uh, that's all over social media. Like when you think about the information and and the amount of it that you're taking in, right? It's, uh, it's tough. There's so much there. Yeah. Well, yeah. so, you know, I think you know, I think I was mentioning evenings and putting the kids to bed. Uh, this is almost the same advice I give people about working out is, you know, find your time. So maybe the mornings, if if you normally wake up at seven and, you know, you're out of the house by eight or something like that, wake up at six, grab yeah. the, throw the coffee on, you know, set the coffee machine for earlier or whatever and grab that cup of coffee. The house will be quiet. Nobody's up yet. You mm-hmm. sit on the sofa, grab your sketchbook or, or iPad or whatever tablet and stuff and just take that time to to get things done before everybody wakes up and the house explodes or something like that. Mm. Right. You know, like, yeah, find, find what works in your house. Mornings are good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that's a perfect time to work actually before anyone is up and, and uh, you know, the day really properly starts because and when- think how good it feels when you, when you accomplish stuff in the morning, you really feel like, yeah, I set myself right. And even if you're going to that job that, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Like, you're working at Walmart. You're working wherever, stocking shelves, driving yeah. a forklift. You're like, you're not always satisfied with that, that life or whatever. You want to become a professional comic book artist. Every day at work, you're gonna be like, I already did it. I already took that step. I stepped this morning in the direction of my passion. Right. Mm. So as you approach your your nine to five, you'll be like, Yeah, that's cool. But I already feel good about what I'm doing just to even start the day, right? So I, I think in the headspace, it's also a very good place to be. Mm. Yeah, you're building that discipline muscle. And yep. the uh, the more that you exercise it, the stronger it'll get. And you'll find that these things eventually become a habit. You know, you just oh. find that you naturally want to get up early in the morning and, and get that work done because you know it feels good and, you know, Absolutely. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's the same as the gym, man. Same type of premise. And that's why I got to say, like, people... You know, uh, I respect people that work out regularly, whether it's the gym, whether it's running, whatever it is, you know, you, you really get a certain strength and not just the physical strength, but that mental strength about, you know, being able to lay something down, a goal or whatever it is and struggle and grind through it and achieve. Right. And that's that's what we're talking about here today. 
Oh yeah, totally. And you know, going back to the hormones we were talking about before, it's uh, it certainly gets them all balanced out properly as well. It makes you feel yep. good. It it yep. helps you concentrate. And um, you know, when you're just when you're flat and you know you're not exercising, I find it very difficult to um, you know be productive. Or you know, I'm thinking in a completely different way as well. It's uh, totally. and it's it's so easy to fall into an unproductive mindset as it is even when you are you know keeping your body in in condition in peak condition so you know all of these things play into each other i get more creative when i'm exercising regularly you know i can think clearer i can present better it's uh it's pretty awesome man so you got one more last tip for us before we wrap it up uh yeah totally so um i think uh this Again, kind of goes back to what I was saying before, but just eliminating all distractions, I think, is if you can mm. take all the distractions away, whatever you're distracted by, whether it's the, the console, you know, put the gaming console, put it in the cupboard. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know... The, For me, it's Disney Plus nowadays. What is it? Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally, man. And and sometimes it means taking the network cable out the back of your PC if, if that's yeah. what you're working on and... You know, cutting all your internet off just to get those hours in. Sometimes you've got to be really tough on yourself in order to, you know, actually be productive. Or I'm going to switch this and throw this into the mix. Uh, if you can't, how can I explain this? If your house is the distraction, yeah, leave the house. Oh, Head yeah. Head to a coffee shop or sit in your car. Like, pull up, keep a sketchbook in your car, for example. You drive to work and you're like, okay, I'm 30 minutes early. I'm just going to sit here and sketch in my car. Yeah. You know, and, and something simple like that, you know, like it's the same thing as people that have home gyms and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people set up a gym in their home and they're like, oh, you know, I never get to it. And it's just sits there collecting laundry and dust and whatever and stuff, right? Something about getting out of the environment can sometimes shift the head a little bit, shift your headspace and everything, right? Absolutely. So like whether a coffee shop, whether it's the sketchbook in the car, whether it's sitting in the park, uh, depending on how cold it is and where you're at or whatever, whether mm. you're in Australia and koalas are going to attack you, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever risk you have. Always a risk. Just think about like you, you were talking about getting rid of distractions. Step maybe, maybe that takes stepping away from the environment and put, putting yourself in a, in a different one. That's an incredible tip, man. And it's a, it's a psychological technique as well. So when you can anchor the environment that you work within to yep. just doing work, every yep. time you walk through the door, you're going to be in that headspace. Um, and that's why it's so difficult for a lot of you know f- career freelance artists who work from home is because they're working at home it can be yeah. very difficult to condition themselves to see their, their the space that they live in as the space that they work. So, you know, hiring a, a space, you know, a studio to work in can be also very valuable in a, a, a very surprising way because not only are you paying and renting out that space to work, but you're also going in there just to work. And you, you know, know what? That. I suspect. I suspect if I did that. I would actually get a lot done. I, I bet you Just would. as you're saying, my, my buddy offered me an office space, right? Just uh, Oh, you should do it's it. It's about a seven-minute drive from here, and I'm like, you know, I, I kind of hummed and hawed. I was like, I just got a nice desk set up in my room mm. and blah, blah, blah. But as I'm sitting here and you're talking, I'm kind of looking at my desk, and I'm looking at my bed, and the <laughs> desk and the bed, and the desk and the bed. And I was like, um, 
yeah, you know what? I bet you I would get a lot more done if I was going to the office and sitting there doing the work there and stuff. Yeah, right? So and, uh, uh, maybe and, I'll think about it. And the transition is just as important, like actually driving to the right. office. That's right. also part of that, that process of getting into work mode. I remember listening to a guy on YouTube, Jonathan Rector, who is also a comic book artist. And he does a lot of freelance work and stuff. And I remember him talking about how he got into his work zone. And even though he worked from home, what he'd do each morning before he started working is he'd get into some clothes which he felt were, you know, professional, which, you know, oh. rather than just tracksuit pants and, uh, you know, singlet or whatever you like to work yeah, in, usually yeah. at home. Uh, he'd get into, you know, like a, maybe a buttoned up shirt and some trousers and some shoes. And he'd, he'd walk around the block of his neighborhood and then he'd walk, he'd walk back inside his home and yep. after that walk around the block he'd be in work mode and he did that you yep. know every day just to get into the zone and you can yeah, see got his head on got his head in the game yeah totally. that's perfect man yeah i get it i'm glad rick isn't here because i know he would make a joke about him him working naked uh -huh. and we don't need, we don't need any of that in this podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe we do maybe it's missing something i don't know but, well, um, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is missing Rick. We always miss Rick. We are missing Rick. We'll we'll give a little shout out here, Rick. We miss you, man. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. Yeah, man. I bet better let you go. I know you've got places to be and and things to do. Yeah, more errands to run. I don't, I don't know what's going on with my life. I'm just like a, a madman. You know what it is? It's moving to North America. I drive everywhere now. <laughs> Very busy, <laughs> like man. Yeah, you're, you're living culture. You're living rurally, right? Uh it's a small town. Yep. Which, yeah, I'm just kind of like, yeah, just, I don't know. You just get, you can't walk anywhere, basically, right? You got to drive everywhere. And stuff, so yeah, just five, five minutes down the road, half an hour later. Totally. Really. That's the difference. It's like a five minute drive is a 30 or 40 minute walk. It's crazy. Totally, man. I, I remember, I know I lived in a small town when I was growing up. So that's how it was. <laughs> yeah. You want to yeah. go to the store? It's nice because everything's like, five, 10, 15 minute drive. Like it's not, but you just, yeah, you're not walking that sucker, you know? Totally, man. So, well, thanks so yeah. much for being here, man. It's uh, an no, it's absolute cool. pleasure to, to chat with you as always. Yeah, it was fun hanging out. And I think, you know, um, between the two of us, we bounce a lot of ideas back and forth and stuff. And so hopefully the listeners will come away with stuff. And I don't want them to come away with it thinking, oh yeah, that's, well, if I had all day, of course I would get, you know, X amount done. You know what? The same things that trip you up for that one hour a day will trip you up for 10 hours a day. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. we're, we're, we're all trying to hit those same hurdles and hit our stride and stuff. Right. So like, listen to what we're saying here because we're all, we're all wrestling that same dragon. Right. Yeah. Big time, man. hundred percent. Well, thanks so much to all the listeners who have tuned in today. We really appreciate having you here and your company. Until next time, keep on practicing, keep on creating, and if you'd like more comic art tips, tricks, and tutorials, be sure to visit www.howtodrawcomics.net. We've got a bunch, a bunch of written tutorials over on the site, video tutorials, the podcast, of course. And when you're ready to take your comic art skill set to the next level, we've also got our courses over in the store. So, uh Yeah. All right. My courses, too. Yep. Yeah, Ed's courses, my courses, and uh, we've also got... A bunch of other instructors who have also jumped aboard and we're featuring right. their content on there as well some some really right. great stuff cool all right that's it see you next time <laughs>